Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast streaming everywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel, and joining us once again, a long-time just collaborator of the podcast, Stephen mm. Savage, man. Thank you for, for coming on. Let's go, Rangers. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. So... Steven, let, let's 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 talk about that for a second because you have always been a supporter of the Texas Rangers. I, I will admit, I fell off uh, after back-to-back World Series losses, uh, and so I haven't been keeping up with the Too Rangers. Uh, but you stuck with them. How does it feel for the Rangers to finally win the big one? When I say I stuck with them, I mean I started paying attention this year at the beginning of the year. Um, <laughs> I don't want to act like a fake fan, man. I right. fell off too, but at the beginning of this year, I started following more just because, to me, the difference was you bring in a guy like Bruce Bochy, and right. I was like, okay, we're we have the players, we got some pitching, now we have a manager. I'm paying attention this year, um, but man, you know, I think for for the city, man. I mean, I was in eighth grade when we last won a championship in Dallas, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so this was really for a whole new, basically all of, you know, Gen Z. this was the first time that we got to celebrate a championship as an adult and really understand the weight of winning. Um, And man, I mean, the way that we went about it, it was just fantastic. I mean, yeah, it was awesome. The city was going crazy. Yeah, uh, we, you know, Daniel and I were talking uh, before we started just about how you go to Academy or Dick's Sporting Goods the night of. I went to Dick's lines, Sporting lines and lines and lines, lines and lines and lines. You had seven hundred thousand people at the uh, championship parade. I didn't go to that either, uh, just because I ain't people trying to get crazy around seven hundred thousand people. I don't trust that many people in one place. Yeah. But yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome to watch. So yeah, go Rangers! It was incredible. Can't wait to buy another one of these next year with a new year on it. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say this, and you can, you guys can get on me, and you guys probably will. But the Arlington Renegades in the XFL won a championship this year with Bob Stoops. Doesn't count. I think it does. It may, it may not, especially if they went back to back this year, which I expect them to do. Um, the Rangers won this year. Our Mavericks, man, they're off to a great start. Year. They're off to a great start. Like, fantastic start. So, but let's stick with Arlington. There's still one team left in Arlington that has yet to win a championship. It would be a heck of a story if our Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl this year. Uh, but speaking of the Cowboys, uh, Stephen, you you weren't on the episode on, on Monday uh, but just give give us your thoughts on this game against the Eagles. Does it mean anything? Did it expose things for you? Like what what? How are you feeling coming off of this loss against the Eagles? How I feel after this game with Philly actually is somewhat encouraged. Um, Philly is a team that is just better than us. I mean, they are a better team than the Cowboys. Their quarterback's playing better. I trust their coach more. They have better receivers. I believe their defense is better than ours. Um, I just think that they're just a better team all the way around. Now, that doesn't mean we can't beat those teams, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think the margin is – like it's a closer gap between us to Philly than New York is to us, right? Like it's not 
a huge difference between us and Philly. I just think that they're marginally better in every facet of the game than we are outside of kicking, um, mm-hmm. which I think we arguably have a top five kicker in the NFL right now. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I walk away from that. There was one way that if we lost this game, I would be absolutely demoralized. And that was if Dak did Dak things when the lights get bright and the, the teams are really good. If it was another San Francisco situation, it would have just been the worst. But I believe you could make the case that given the circumstances of what's happening, given the, the moment, given how this year has worked out so far, you could make the case this is Dak's best game of his career. I think you could make that case just because mm-hmm. of what the weight of this game was. And I think he, I, he played fantastic. Um, and, you know, if you watch the, the podcast, you've seen me on here before. I'm not one to give Dak a lot of flowers. You know, I, yeah. I'm i not a big Dak guy personally. Mm-hmm. I trust him about as far as I can throw him. Um, but with that being the case, 29 of 44, 374 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That game wasn't on Dak. Now, you could say, oh, well, you know, if he didn't step out of bounds, we would have got the field goal. You run that play nine out of ten, uh, ten times. I mean, nine out of ten times, the reason why that play wouldn't work is because he stepped out of bounds. That was a fluke thing. The Schoonmaker pass. The reason that he was falling is because he was getting tackled before the ball got there. That's also known yeah. as pass interference in most places. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think we were right there on that game. I think mm-hmm. whenever they come to play Dallas, we have a good chance of beating them here. And, um, yeah, I'm not I'm – not, awfully scared of Philadelphia. I have a healthy respect for him. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I walked away. It's a loss, so there's no such thing as a moral victory. I'm not saying right, that. Correct. Right, correct. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm somewhat encouraged that Dak didn't stink up the joint. So, yeah, that was my takeaway. Yeah, I agree with you, Savage. Now, for, for me, just the only thing about Dak, like, I'm not going to put that game on Dak, you know, but I – I felt like had he not shied away from the contact on that two-point conversion, he would have made it. I think part of him was afraid to get hit. And in that situation, not that I'm going to go for the contact, but I'm going to I'm going to take a closer angle so that way I don't have the opportunity to step out of bounds. But that's a nitpicking thing. Mm-hmm. You can't look at that one thing and be like, oh, that lost us the game. No, there was several things that happened throughout that game that I would put probably even more egregious than that out of bounds, him stepping out of bounds, like the drops. The one by CD, the other one by Michael Gallup that killed drives. Yep. Terrence. That, exactly. Like for me, that was a harder play than those drops were. And so I'm not going to kill Dak for stepping out of bounds. And so, and and I I would disagree on that Jalen has outplayed Dak this year, just based on his turnovers and just their offense has stalled quite a bit this year. And so, but everything else, I do agree. Like marginally better, I I do believe their defense is better. Um, do they have better talent? Yes, they do. But Dallas, what the defense of the Dallas Cowboys has done is in the worst moments, they don't make plays. 
Yeah. And that's what that is the difference between the two defenses. That is the difference. Mm-hmm. That's why I believe Philly's defense has played better than Dallas because in the moments where they needed to make stops, that's true. Yeah, they have, right. and Dallas has mm-hmm. failed to do so. Yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. I was because I was gonna say I was just like you know I don't think that Philly's defense is better than Dallas, but when you put it in that context of whose defense makes the plays that they need to to win the ball game, so like when we talk about especially this Philadelphia game, like the, your offense is is playing great despite some drops you're up 17 to 14 you're able to stop them from scoring before the half as a defense your job is to continue that momentum and give your offense an opportunity but you automatically let two drives happen to where now they're up 28 to 17 like that kills your football team and yes they didn't score the rest of the game that's because Dak and the offense held the ball the rest of the time. It wasn't because of anything you did defensively. It was strictly because your offense was going down the field and trying to score. And so, but Philadelphia, when it was first and five at the six, sack. Like, we're shooting ourselves in the foot with delay of games. Um we're having play calls to where the ball isn't set up for CD or even Ferguson who really, despite having a couple of drops still when he needed to make the plays, they were making the plays, especially on third down. And so, so, but I, I, so that's where I say, I think this game falls on the defense because when you needed to make plays, you didn't, you had three fumbles that, were recovered by Philadelphia. Um, And so that's why I think I'm also encouraged as well, because I think, I think that Dak has finally hit a new level because it's, he's no longer running these option route plays and stuff like that, but it's, it's real routes that depend on timing, which he's really good at. And now he has full control of the offense. The whole entire playbook is open to him. And he's doing this, and he's done it the last two weeks, albeit against the Rams. But against Philly? I mean, you got to open your eyes to that. And that's why I think I'm encouraged moving forward. Um, But, Stephen, I think you kind of answered this question, but go in a little bit more depth. What do you think is the biggest weakness for the Cowboys going down the stretch? I mean, before we opened up, this episode you told me we need to win our next four games explain why that is and also explain what do you think is the biggest concern in us achieving that yeah so we need to win our next four games simply because there are four winnable games in a row um mm-hmm. you have the giants coming home to us uh i i will never fear the giants as long as yep. daniel jones is their quarterback i have zero respect for them the day that the Giants beat us with Daniel Jones is the day that, honestly, I'll probably stop watching Cowboys for the rest of that season. Mm. Just saying. Uh, well, so we'll, we'll beat the Giants just, five out. Just real quick, you do know that Daniel Jones out with an ACL for the rest of the year. Oh, well, I, then Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I'm not scared. Broken ribs. So it's Danny DeVito's son, Tommy DeVito, playing at quarterback this upcoming week. 
I might not watch it anyways then. Um, <laughs> that shows you how much Giants football I've been watching. I mean, just right. yeah. they're, they're a pathetic team. Um, so you have the Giants coming here. That yeah. should be a 24 to 31 point win. Um, mm-hmm. You have at Carolina. That should be a win. Um, Bryce has been playing better as of late, but they just they don't have enough guys on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Washington coming home to us. Um, Sam Howell's been frisky, uh, borderline top fifteen ish kind of quarterback this year, better than I thought mm-hmm. he was going to be. But um, you know, I don't I don't see them beating us. And then we have somewhat of a test. It's almost like a review um, of. It's not a full test, but it's a test review. Right. You have Seattle coming to Dallas. Um, and look, if we if we are the team that we think they are, we should not fear Seattle. Just being honest. Um, so yeah. those are our next four. Another reason why you need to win the next four is because of what our last five looks like. Um, so it's not just you have four winnable games. But of our last five, you have Philly coming home to us. Mm-hmm. I think we – have a good chance of winning that game. That line is probably going to be Dallas minus one and a half, you know? I think so. Um, somewhere yeah, in that right. I think so. Like, yeah. It'll be there. You have at Buffalo. Um, I think Buffalo is probably going to be a four and a half point favorite in that. You know, I think Buffalo is a little bit better than we are. They'll be at home, Orchard Park. It'll be cold. It's in December, right? And so, um, yeah. you know, it could be a really big snowstorm, probably not a lot of passing, a running game. I don't trust our running game, especially with Pollard. Um, so well, I, yeah. I think Buffalo's worse at running the ball. Yeah, and, true, but they're used to But the Josh Allen can throw the football in the cold. We don't and, know if Dak can. And Josh Allen can run the ball. Um, yeah, that's true. So, you know, that's going to be a tough game. You have at Miami, which I'm really not that worried about. Miami's shown that they don't like playing physical and – we are more physical than I thought we would be this year. Uh, you have Detroit coming to Dallas. Um, Detroit might be my pick to win the NFC this year. Uh, Detroit is a really good team. Um, they're playing really good football. Dan Campbell's done great things. And then you have at Washington, which shouldn't be a scary game, but for whatever reason it is. Uh, those games are always frisky. They're always tough. And so I think in those last five, you probably need to win three games. Um if you win our next four, we're nine and three. If you win three more, we end up 12 and five. I think that's good enough to get a five mm-hmm. seed, a six seed. Um, I think it's imperative that we get the five seed because that's probably the difference between starting out versus the Saints versus starting out playoffs against the Niners or the Lions. Um, and so, yeah, I, the, these last nine games, um, if we can get a good first round matchup, that would be great. But, um, yeah, that's that's why I think these next four games are really important for us. Um, Michael Gallup's got to go after this year. I, I echo your sentiment. Um, yeah, it's just rough. But we have some bright spots on the offense. Um, so, yeah, that's I don't know if that answered your question, but these next four games are really important. Yeah. Uh, so, what would you say is the biggest concern of, the of biggest doing concern, that, of achieving that? Um. I would say um, I worry about Dak in big moments still. Um, I think Dak has played good as of late, but I don't trust him still um, personally. I think, you know, I think if we view him as a good quarterback and not a great 
you know, superstar quarterback, our expectations will be set better. Um, I worry about our linebacking core. Um, I don't think we have very strong linebacker play right now, um, especially in the run defense. Um, just our run defense in general is something I worry about. You look at, um, I mean, you have some really good backs coming up, some good rushing attacks with, you know, I mean, with Danny DeVito's son playing quarterback, which is just hilarious. You would imagine that they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, Seattle has a good rushing attack. Philly has a good rushing attack. Uh, Miami can have a good rushing attack. It just depends on the week. Um, Detroit can run the ball. So our run defense bothers me. Um, And, yeah, I just – Mike McCarthy's clock management is always something that's hanging above your head. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't think we have a whole lot of weaknesses – but the ones that are weaknesses, just that run defense is the thing that scares me the most. So, yep. Yeah. Daniel, anything to add there? No, I, I agree. I think uh, just based what? on how Dax played mm-hmm. in the recent weeks, I trust him probably a little bit more than you do, Savage, right now. What I'm worried about is the, the lack of our running game. It's really weak. And when Dak has a running game, he plays better and he can be trusted a lot more. When you ask him to do so much, that's where he gets in trouble. And I think Tony Pollard has not looked the same this year. We've all three of us, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. They don't give enough opportunities to Dowdle or to Deuce Vaughn in space. Because when they run Deuce Vaughn, it's always in a bunch formation and ask him to run in the middle of everyone instead of spreading him, pitching it, giving him a stretch play, you know, all those things. And then also for me, defensively, causing turnovers when we need to against good teams. I think we're really good at getting turnovers against really bad football teams. Like a Mac we, Jones. Like a Mac Jones. But when you play teams like the 49ers, like the Eagles, and you're not getting turnovers, look what's happening. Because of the lack of running game and because it feels like CD and Jake Ferguson are all Dak has, now you're asking him to take more of the load when you're supposed to be one of the best defense in the league who's led the league in turnovers in the past two years. And then you came out and talked about how you're going to be a historic defense. You haven't looked historic against good teams. And that's the issue for me is can the defense step up and be a championship defense when it matters? And can Micah show up in, the, in late situations in games? Because he has it. He did it once. He did it once. Chargers. Yeah. Against the Chargers. But after that, he's disappeared for the most part. Yeah. I, I defense is what I'm worried about most. I think you bring up a good point, Daniel, about Tony Pollard, which then gives me the biggest concern for our off on the offensive side of the ball is our offensive line. Uh, especially that right tackle position. Uh Terrence Steele tore his ACL last year, so he's He's still not back still not there yet. But I did see someone analyzing his game and says the problem wasn't necessarily his legs; it was his hands. It's almost as he's he's forgotten how to block people, um, of just how quickly he gets beat. And so, um, if you can't if you can't block, you can't run. And I think yes, Tony Pollard seems to have lost a step or two um, after breaking his ankle. Um, but I, but I think the offensive line is a major concern because you have a false start, then you have the sack, 
man, that 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 pushes you back already at 20 yards. And so you're really asking a lot from your running game and also from Dak to overcome those things. Because what, what was my biggest thing when we played San Francisco two years ago when they played us here in the wild card round? What did I say? I said Dak would make a big play and then it would come back because of a holding call or Dak would be getting the team down the field driving and then they would sack him for 15 yards and now you're facing a third and 25 or whatever. To me, that's the concern offensively. Defensively, I think it is the inability to make plays when the games matter. Because I, while I do think that overall the Cowboys' defense played better than Philadelphia's defense, Philadelphia's defense made the plays when it mattered to win them the ball game. Yeah. And that was the difference. That's what we're, so, that's what really makes a good defense. Can you make plays when they ma- when it matters? Yeah. yeah. And I think I think like to me, that's what's kind of changed this year. And in my opinion, I Savage, probably not you to, to this extent, but when I came into the season, I, I will say, even as a Dak apologist, I said the only person who can hold us back is Dak Prescott. But now at this point in the season. Dak's not the biggest concern. Is he still a concern for some people because he's done it against only one good football team? Yes. But the defense does isn't as elite as they were last year. And it and it's starting to look like a little bit, not not to the same extent, but like the 2016 Dallas Cowboys to where you had Dak playing at a high level albeit with a elite rookie Ezekiel Elliott. But you're still having Dak perform, throwing for 300 yards in big games, but your defense letting up big plays that win or lose us ball games. But now, Savage, you posed a question to us. So I'm going to let you ask it um, and give us some context before we go on to our top 10. It's no secret. I'm probably the biggest. T Ferg fan for sure on this show. I'm probably within the top two and a half percent of T Ferg fans in the Cowboys fan base. Um, perhaps you could say the only people who love T Ferg more than I do are his family. I <laughs> am sold on Ferguson. I think this dude is our future, uh, or uh, Jake Ferg, not yeah, but I think he's our, our future. I think he is a stud of a tight end. Um, and so I asked the question in the group chat, if you were to move forward for the rest of their career of any tight ends in the NFL, all the tight ends out there, how many tight ends would you say, I'll take him over Ferg. I'll take him over Jake, you know, give me that guy. I don't think it's a big list. I'm going to be honest. Um, cause you know, you think, oh, well, Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. Kelsey's 34. Right. Um, and so a question I want to ask y'all, I have my list, but I would love to hear what y'all think. Uh, how many tight ends are you taking over Ferg right now for the rest of their career moving forward? David, you go. I, I need to think about this one. So, it, you know, I have two and you, and you might have the same two. Uh, I think Mark Andrews in Baltimore is a, is a, is an amazing tight end. 
um, the security blanket for Lamar Jackson. He's a great blocker just in general. Um, he is a stud at tight end. And so I think that he still has a lot left in his tank. Um, and I think that he he's probably someone I would I would take right now, probably over Ferg. I think the other one, just in terms of potential of who could be, is Kyle Pitts. But Kyle Pitts is currently in a situation to where he's he's not getting the ball a lot. And when he's getting the ball, he has to do miraculous things to catch them. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, uh, there was one he had a couple of weeks ago. I think it was against Tampa Bay where he's literally snagging it behind his back and bringing it forward. Like, I think that he's amazing. But I still might even take Travis – or Travis – of of – uh, Jake Ferguson over Kyle Pitts because I think overall he has more of those intangibles, more of those things that you can do with him. Do I think Ferguson needs to be a better blocker? Absolutely. Um, I think that if he would have came down flatter on that play that was thrown to Shoemaker, Shoemaker has clean field to score possibly. Um, the, has Ferguson dropped a couple of passes this year? Yes, he has. But like I said earlier, when you need to make the big play, when it's third down and 12 and you can't get CD the ball, who else do you not think can get it done, but who has shown you that he can get it done in those situations? It's Jake Ferguson all day, every day. And I don't care who who else who else is at tight end other than, yes, I, I get it. Like if we're talking about those younger up-and-coming receivers. I think even Mark Andrews, though, we can probably take him out of this conversation because he is older. Um, I mean, he's 28. He's not that old. Yeah, he's 28. He probably has maybe three to four good years in in him, I I would say. I think Ferguson overall has more to offer at this point, even than Mark Andrews is what I'm saying. But but I'm because you said the rest of their careers. Mm Mm-hmm. Jake Ferguson already looks like this in year two. Jason Witten didn't even look like this in year four. So, sure. like, and 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 yeah, I'll I'll give you the nod that you're probably the biggest Jake Ferguson fan, but I'm a huge fan of Jake Ferguson. I think yeah, we, me as if, well. If if Jerry Jones is is smart and pays him and takes care of him and all that kind of stuff, or yeah, I, I would say if if Jerry holds up his end. I think Jake Ferguson, by the time his career is over, is going to be the greatest Cowboys tight end in it ever. Like the potential is there. So yeah. I, I I think I probably right now. No, I I wouldn't take anybody over Jake Ferguson. Not even Mark Andrews. I think he's 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 going to be that elite. Yeah. So I changed my mind. I think Jake Jake's the answer for me. I mean in terms of like who would I take over him? Not like oh, I they're the same like for me when I look at tight ends who are either similar or less than Jake Ferguson, I think of like uh Cole Komet from Chicago, Sam Laporta at a at Detroit. Those are young up and coming tight ends that you trust. Um some that I would maybe take over. Here's the thing. No, I don't know if there's one that's like a clear cut, hey, he's definitely better like leagues mm-hmm. ahead um mark andrews he he could be one he he would be one you know he's 28 so like again if we're talking about length of career 
Um, who's going to be with him throughout his career in terms of like competition? Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Hawkinson, he's a really good target. It's great at getting open, laid down on third down situations. If you need 15, he's one that I will go, man, I would take him over him. Um, and then the other two guys I met, George Kittle is 30. So I don't know if he's in this conversation as well, but I would take George over him. Yeah. Um, so I think if, like Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. There's one coming guy, up next. There's one guy who I'm thinking of that I don't think I didn't hear either of y'all mention that is and a guy who honestly going into the draft I wasn't super high on. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back on it, I would have preferred to get him than who we drafted with our first round pick. Um because Mozzie has just shown little to nothing um yeah but the Dalton Dalton Kincaid has yeah. been looking really good um I picked him up mm-hmm. in a couple of my fantasy leagues um he's making me happy but even in that with Ferguson he has the frame to where you give him a couple years he's going to be a really good blocker um mm-hmm. Kincaid is more tall slender he's more mm-hmm. of a receiving tight end than a dual threat tight end which is where he, I see Ferg he reminds me of just a little bit more athletic Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I just think Ferg yesterday uh, on Sunday, seven receptions, 91 yards, a touchdown. Um, it's crazy. He almost had a hundred receiving yards and I still think he's underutilized. Um, I think so too. And so, yeah, he's, he bought out fellas. It's good stuff. Yeah, I I just I guess my question is and even in like or it's not really a question. I guess it's a statement and it's it might be a hot take. But I think if you take Mark Andrews how how like the best that he possibly can be. Jake Ferguson's best that he can be is better than Mark Andrews. Well, here's what I would say to that. We haven't seen Jake Ferguson at his best yet, because that's, you yeah, even yeah. you even told you even told me on Monday, hey, he dropped a couple balls. He did, he did, and he's had a couple drops this year. I don't mm-hmm. think we've seen the full potential of Jake Ferguson yet, and so and he's probably what, dropping a lot of passes because he's not expecting to get the ball because I like, don't think they throw him the ball enough. Like while I think that you guys have good intentions in putting a lot on this kid, but saying he could be the best tight end in Dallas Cowboys history for me is too strong. And too, oh, those are facts. Those are too facts, much though. expectations to place on a 24 year old kid who, who up until this game, his biggest game was seven receptions. Like he, yeah. like his okay. averages aren't great. Like last year he averaged 9.2 yards per catch. This year it's mm-hmm. barely 10.2. Well, last year he didn't. He was get the backup, kids. first of all. That's what he I'm saying. We chance. haven't, we haven't seen it yet. I think right. I, for, for me, but, like we, like we do for quarterbacks. Mm. I'm going to do the same thing for him. I need to see you do it for more than one game because even between I agree. the the nine catch and seven catch, there was four games in between that. Putting putting him over Jason Witten already. Is blasphemous. I, I'm not. It's I'm crazy. not saying I'm not saying he's over. You said he will be. The, I said by the time. Okay, timeout. I'm gonna pull Skip Bayless right here because you're absolutely insane to say that. Jason Witten in his best season. I love Jason Witten, but his best year he averaged what 
11.2 yards a catch. His 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 game where he caught 18 passes, he had a hundred and what 60 something yards. Like you're kidding me. Jake Ferguson at his elite, what he's going to be. He's not going to average 9.8 yards as a backup in his rookie year. He's going to have 13, 14 yards of reception because he's that good and that athletic, period. It's not blasphemous at all. By the time his career is over, Jake Ferguson is going to be the best tight end in Cowboys history because with Jason Wynn, as good as he was, wasn't going to be a difference maker like Jake Ferguson already is. Because when we talk about the Cowboys, we say, how are you going to win the game? We don't ever said when Jason Wynn was playing, get the ball to 82. But here we are in year two of Jake Ferguson, and we're already saying him and CeeDee Lamb, get them the ball and you're going to win games. David, that's the most asinine thing you've no, ever said. No, it's not. Here, here's, it's here's, not. Why. here's why no one ever said take away 82. Because you couldn't take him away. He People always said, Jason Wynn is as slow as molasses, but it doesn't matter because he knows how to get open. He knows how to get open, and he can get you a first down. But is he someone exactly. that you're throwing so touchdowns to? Here's so my that's thing. The re- Jake that's Ferguson the reason why guy... he was so great, no, because he was slow, and he could get open. He's also another right tackle on your offensive line. That's a part that you're also forgetting. Not only was he a great pass catcher, but he was an all-time great blocker. And when Tony needed help and we needed to get a first down on even the third and 15, mm-hmm. yeah, you can go to 82. He was his security mm-hmm. blanket for a number of years. And mm-hmm. for me, Jake Ferguson has not even tapped that yet. He hasn't even shown, hey, when Dak needs to get a first down, Yes, he has. Stop it. Consistently? Stop it. it. Now you're lying. Now you're lying. Consistently. Because here's the thing. On fourth down and eight, and this is where I'm going to be supporting Jake Ferguson, so I'm going to put some blame on Dak Prescott. On that fourth and eight, after watching film, guess who was wide open in the middle? Guess who, if, if Dak throws that ball, scores a touchdown? Jake Ferguson. So when we're talking about guys can get open and Jason Wayne can get open, Jake Ferguson can do the exact same thing too. Now, just because he hasn't been given the opportunities to make those plays doesn't mean that he can't make those plays. And to me, that's the difference in this conversation. While we've seen Jason Wynn do it and he's done it and he's done it well, I think that Jake Ferguson can do it and do it at a higher level. Because I don't think that if you leave Jake Ferguson that open, that he catches the ball and just gets the first down. I think he catches the ball and gets you a big game and can possibly take it to the house. That's why I say that Jake Ferguson is going to be, if everything, if J- if Jerry takes care of him, I think Jake Ferguson can be the greatest tight end in Cowboys history. Period. And it's not blasphemous to say that because of what we've seen so far from him. We've seen it in two games this year. We've seen it way again. We've been saying that's, this that's, more. That's all I'm we've saying. been saying this we've longer. Seen, we've seen it for only two games, and, and they weren't even back to that, back. But is that Jake? Here's my thing. I would agree with you if he's disappearing, but he's not. the The problem is, is that they are not giving him the ball. That's it. It's not because he can't do it. It's because he's not given the opportunities to do it, and that's the difference for me. You can I'm not say playing, I'm not planning expectations on if, ifs. 
You need that, to go do it, not so, it. So, so, so Kyle Pitts right now is a bust to you because he's not doing it in Atlanta. He's not, but I'm also not saying, hey, he's the best tight end in football. But if they but would give him opportunities, he would be. I don't care he has about the potential. Potential, Whatever, dude. Whatever. potential, and what you do on the Whatever, field. Dude. That is the difference in Hall of Fame careers and woulda, coulda, shouldas. That is the difference. So, so, David, I have two stat lines for you. Okay, go ahead. And when we talk about Witten, he was a phenomenal receiving tight end. He was. He was, he was an fantastic. even but, fantastic. But he was an even better blocking tight end. Right, correct. So I, we have to keep that in mind when you're considering mm-hmm. greatness of the tight end. Um, right. How many league-leading rushers did the Cowboys have through Jason Witten's tenure? Four, five. I mean, there were several. So, I'd say two. The well, ones yeah, that I can think of, he also had a Elliot top and Murray. Those yeah, I, mean, I think Murray did it twice, and Elliot did it twice. Well, I think Elliot did it. Yeah, Elliot I think did Elliot it did it when Jason retired. Or when Jason was wasn't the on the team. He he was okay. he was retired and at Monday Night Football. Well, either way, great rushing attack. He's he's still Gordon. considered to be one of the greatest blocking tight ends of all time. Yeah. I'm going to give you two stat lines. You tell me which player you'd rather have. 1,228 catches, 13,046 yards, and 74 touchdowns. Or 815 receptions, 10,060 yards, and 62 touchdowns. Player A or player B? Here's the thing, though. I already know. I heard I know the comparison. I know what I know. I know the comparison too. That's why. That's why I'm saying. Here's the thing. Because you're talking about. Would you rather have? Would you rather Jason Witten and Shannon Sharp? Yes. And I'd rather have Shannon Sharp because he was big play Shay. When he needed to make the plays in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, he made those plays. Jason Witten did not. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me that he has more catches, more yards, more touchdowns. He was a better blocker. And you're like, no, but the other guy. That's because crazy. Shannon Sharp has three Super Bowls and blocks for a 2,000-yard running back. Okay. Was he not on the team? He was on the team. And when you're talk- Again, when we're talking about – Elway versus Romo, bro. <laughs> listen, listen. If you want to argue that Jason Wynn, by the end of his career, is going to have more catches than Jake Ferguson, fine, by, by all means. But – who do I think by the end of the career is going to make more plays that mean something in playoff games? I'll, I'll go with Jake Ferguson. I trust that more than Jason Witten. Sorry. Well, well in, in in the Shannon Sharp-Jason Witten conversation, I, yeah. I would have to agree with David because in playoff games, Jason Witten disappeared in the postseason. How much of that, now, though, was that? So but here's, again, here's, here's where again, I'm in a rough spot. I agree with both of y'all. For different no, no, no. reasons. No, no, no. I, I agree I, yeah. that we need to see more yes. from Ferg, but I also agree that he has like he has yeah. to get the ball more. In the same way, how many playoff games did Romo just epically collapse? And we had no offensive line. We had mm-hmm. no defense. We were down 14 points at the end of the second at the end of the fourth quarter. We had to throw mm-hmm. down the field, and all we had for options was Des Bryant and Witten, or we had T.O. and we had Witten, and that was it. So you could double both of them, and then mm-hmm. Romo has to throw it to Patrick Creighton is going to get picked off <laughs> because Patrick Creighton lets the ball yeah. fly through his hands to fit yeah. uh, to the Giants, and then we yeah. beat them twice in the regular season, lost them in the postseason. 
you cannot say Witten disappeared. He was triple teamed. Well, okay. So here, here's what I'll say. I think about the biggest games that the Cowboys have had, even with Tony Romo. So let's look at that Philadelphia game in 2014, right? Where they scored 38, Dez ca- catches three touchdowns. Witten wasn't used in that game. I think for, for these Dallas Cowboys, Jake Ferguson is part of your weapons. Like, he, like, I only like in two the way, games this year. But, That's my but, issue. But, but it's my not a consistent you, thing. My issue with you is the fact that you're completely ignoring that Jake can't throw himself the ball. If he's open and not getting the ball, and you're saying he has to do more, what more can he do? He can't. Throw I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he has to. That's do what more. it sounds like. What What I'm saying is that he has to have more games under his belt to even make the claim that he'll be better than Jason Witten. Now, but if he are, if, after, if he had at the end of the season, at the end of the season, if he has 115 catches, over 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns, and then. And then I come out and he say, hey, he doesn't have the potential to be Jason Wynn. Then you can say, but to say that after two games of more than five catches, that he's already, he's going to be better than Jason Wynn than he ever was. I'd rather have Jake Ferguson than Jason Wynn. To me, that that's a little crazy right no, now. Why, right why now. It's not crazy is because here we are in his second season in the NFL coming off a game where he catches seven catches for 91 One yards. Game. And, we, and we can And we are saying, he needs to get the ball more. That's but that's not what you're saying. You're saying that is what gonna, we're saying. No, I'm, I'm that saying, isn't. I'm saying yeah. You're, that, it, first you're off, saying that, that is what but we're saying. that you're is what saying we're that, saying. But in I'm addition, that he's happens, better than Jason Witten. That's because, the issue. You're going by, oh, you're going day, hyperbole to exaggerate how great a player is when we already know what his potential can be. Listen, you're trying I'm not to do it's extra. It's a reality. Push the guy. Let's. That's what you're doing. It's a, reality, hyperbole. It's, a hyperbole. it's a it's a reality. It's not a hyperbole because it, here we are. When he signs a second contract, the second then let's talk. When he gets off his rookie contract, sign something else, then let's talk. Okay. Hey, he could fall off the cliff next year. Season two, episode 11. David said it here first. We're going to come back here in about 15 years, and I'm going to be right. I had no idea. I hope you are. Posing this question, it was going to cause this much of a debate. But I love well, it. Because he he, yeah, yeah, he, it's he great. revoked it's great. the name of Jason Witten of all Jason people. Jason who's hasn't who's only that's won two the issue here, games, Savage. That's no the Bowl. issue. I have no problem with Jake Ferguson, but the hyperbole is just sounds ridiculous. Like it. Sounds like history will remember Daniel that we defended Jason Witten, and David was ready to throw under the bus a top five cowboy of all time. Exactly. He like talked to, about Jason Witten like he was a scrub. for sure a top ten for sure a top Listen, ten maybe not top five he's, but for sure he's a top not. 10. He's not a scrub, and he is a future Hall of Famer, and will go down as one of the greatest. Like you told me, it didn't. It didn't sound like that. It didn't it sound like, like that. So it, it sounds I, like you have a vendetta against Jason Witten. That's what, what it sounds like. What I understand, like. David no. hates Jason Witten. We yes. love him. Let's get to some <laughs> yes. quarterback rankings. Let's get to Let's some quarterback it. rankings, man. All this right. is what your post was on Facebook that the episode was about. This is turning that's into true. a tight end debate. That's sure to get a lot of listeners. Let's- yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least from Cowboys fans. Cowboys <laughs> fans, it will be. And I'll be roasted, but I'll be right at the end of the day. I hope Jason, you are. Jason I Wayne really hope you are. The number two tight end and a great tight end at that. Uh, but let's get into our list, our top 10 quarterbacks playing currently this season. It's not about what they did last year. It's not about what they've done two years ago. It's about right now who they're playing, how they're playing, all of that. 
Um, so we're going to go ahead and start with our number 10 quarterbacks. Daniel, you can go first. Savage, you follow, and then I'll, I'll, I'll finish it up at 10. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's my okay. 10 quarterback. I think he's had some some losses, but I if, if you actually look at the statistics and who he played against, he hasn't had a bad season. You look at week one, he plays the Dolphins. They got outscored. He put up 34 points. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, their defense can play good because they're well coached. Vikings, it's always going to be a shootout. They won that game. They beat the Raiders. Awesome. They lose to a Dallas team who their defense stepped up in a big way. Then they played Kansas City who, when their offense decided to show up and score 30 on them. At first, mm-hmm. we thought it was going to be a shootout. But, you know, you know, when you get into a shootout, things can happen. Mm-hmm. They took care, they took care of the Bears, and then against a good defense in the Jets, he wasn't the reason they won the game, but he also mm-hmm. didn't turn the ball over. And so for me, they're they're at a four and four record right now, which is for me is like kind of like fringe top ten, because what I base my list off is like record, how they played, who did they play, what do they have in their disposal? Right. And for me, right now, Justin Herbert's my number ten quarterback. Yeah. Uh, a thing that I want to mention before we get deep into these rankings is that we did not share our answers with each we other. Did beforehand. <laughs> we did not. Um, we did which not. Which is hilarious because I also have Herbert at my 10 slot for the exact same reasons that Daniel just said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, I, I'm different. Uh, I do not have Herbert here. I have him at number nine, uh, but for the exact same reasons that you did. At number 10, I have Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence, he's played decent this year uh, i he is not the reason that they're winning football games if you look at his numbers they're pretty pedestrian but i know what's there and i know what yeah. i know what what could happen and i know that in in those games he's made one or two throws to to can to keep them down the field and so i i think that trevor lawrence is my number 10 quarterback um I, I put Herbert at number nine because i i, I for everything you said daniel i absolutely yeah. agree yeah. i think that that especially early in the season he was not the reason why they were losing ball games i think without him they they lose in blowouts and so yes and so did he struggle against kansas city yes but kansas sure. city's had the best defense that they've had since patrick mahomes has been there absolutely uh, and, and you look at the weapon it has now against dallas could he have won that game were there throws that he that he missed that would completely have changed the game Absolutely. But that's why I have him at my number nine and not in my mm-hmm. top five, because I recognize that he's fallen short in a couple of areas, but he has the potential to do even more. And he's, he's shown that at this point. But Trevor Lawrence, I have as my number 10. But who do you mm-hmm. guys have as your number nine? For me, I have Trevor Lawrence at nine. Okay. And because of record mm-hmm. and because, like you said, when he needs to make that throw, that's the difference for me between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, he'll give you the stats. He'll give you numbers. Mm-hmm. But in moments, I trust Trevor Lawrence more to win football games, to win games that matter. And so as, as well as Justin Herbert has played and as much as his stats look better, for those big throws, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I have Lawrence at 11. Um, okay. That was one that I was going back on between Herbert and Lawrence. Yeah, um, right. For my number nine, I have one Dakota Rain Prescott. 
Um, I think he's he guys look, he's somewhere between the eighth to twelfth quarterback in the league, depending on any given Sunday. That's who he is. That's where he's been. That's where he's at. Um, so I think he's the number nine quarterback, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you have a top ten quarterback, you can win a lot of games. So mm-hmm. I got Dak at number nine. Um, you know, he's cleaned up some of his interception. He's cleaned up his interception problem, which I think is really good on him. Um, at the same point, I, you know, I worry if that's something that will continue, um, if that'll come back into the, the picture. Um, and I think just at times our offenses look really stale. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a, a victim of recency bias here. Right. Well, I'll respond to that uh, when, whenever I get to my, I, where I, I have I'll Jack. do the same thing. I'll so, do the same. Uh, number eight quarterbacks. I have Tua at number eight. Um, I yeah. think that he's really played well this year, but and I, but he doesn't have the biggest arm, but his accuracy his accuracy is something to be desired. Um, I think that when you have someone like Tyreek Hill, that benefits you a lot, which is why I have him at number eight. Um, but my biggest concern with Tua is that when the running game isn't working and they're defending the pass, are you able to consistently throw the ball downfield to your weapons that you need to? I think when we look at the Philadelphia game, a lot of people will say that's a game that he needs to step up and play. Uh, he didn't make Tua drop uh, Tyreek Hill drop a touchdown pass uh, in the third quarter. Like those things aren't, aren't on him. And I think if that if that happens for a touchdown, you have a different ball game. Um, but I think that he's been a little bit too inconsistent at this point. Uh, to be where I think everyone else probably has him in their top five. Um, I think number eight is is a great spot for him to be. Um, and really, it's going to matter towards the end of the season what he does. Yeah, for me, I have him eight as well. And for those same reasons, I think for Tua, when timing it, where part of his game, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And what some teams have figured out already, if you can get him out of time, if you can mess up his timing, take away the run game, you can beat Tua. Uh, you can beat Tua. Mm-hmm. And for me, his losses versus top opponents, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Bills concern me. Because he does a great job yeah. being the Patriots, the Broncos, Panthers, Giants, and then the Patriots again. But when you play against even level or better competition, can you do something to pull out the game? Like, David, I agree. The Tyreek drop, that's something that I focused on when they lost that game. Or even the Tyreek fumble against Kansas City. Right. But there's still losses. Yeah. And for those reasons, the the three toughest opponents that they had all year, they Mm -hmm. lost to them. They lost. And that matters to me. So Mm -hmm. that's why I have them at number eight. Yeah, then I'm interested to hear how you're going to make that case for Dak then, if he's that much higher in the two toughest team he's played to this year, he's lost. Even though we agreed it wasn't his fault in the same way. Mm-hmm. that I don't yeah. think Tua losing to um, to Kansas City, I don't think that was – I think that's Tyreek was talking all that mess and then he choked. Um, yeah, I agree. So, um, for me, I would say quarterback seven through ten, I kind of tiered them in one tier together. And so, yeah. I'm not – I think that – Basically, seven through ten are the different, the same guy with different flavors. Um, yeah. So for number eight, I went Jared Goff. Um, I think he's played slight 
slightly better than Dak at some points. Um, but, mm. you know, I, lines look good, man. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like him and golf are shades of the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at number seven, uh, I might, I'm probably going to make a lot of people mad right now. Uh, but I have Jalen Hurts at number seven. I think that Jalen, you know, his team's eight and one. That's great. That's fantastic. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it's because of him. Uh, he's turned the ball over a lot, not just throwing the ball, but also fumbling the ball as well. Um, and that game against the Jets was awful. You're talking about gift wrap, gift wrapping a game to the opposing team with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Uh, that game's not on the defense. That's on Jalen Hurts. Uh, and there's been several times to where I believe that the Eagles got lucky and won some games that they probably shouldn't have won. I'm thinking of the New England game week one. They should have lost that. If Washington was consistent, they would have beaten them twice. If the Cowboys game, if they've gotten one or two, or maybe things were even inches different, they lose that game. Um, and so I, I think that Jalen is is a great quarterback, but right now he is struggling, even against bad teams. Um, whether that's on the offense coordinator, uh, which I I, mm-hmm. I I think some of it is on him, but I, I'm not seeing the same Jalen Hurts that I saw last year, uh, because you have to also admit that AJ Brown, man, he's made plays. For Jalen Hurts this season. Um, but I, I, I will have Jalen at seven. I do think, though, by the end of this year, he'll go up on my list. But I'm, I'm talking about right now, how he's playing right now. He's my number seven quarterback. Yeah, I'll, I'll give my response to that Jalen thing later. But I have Jared Goff at seven. Mm-hmm. I do. I think better record, obviously. Like you said, Savage, stat line's really good the reason why he's not higher on my list is like he's not overwhelmingly outplaying everyone mm-hmm. and also like the baltimore game was kind of like uh like a, a thing for me and so but yeah for for the same reasons like he's seven to ten kind of vanilla but he's playing well that line looks great but mm-hmm. that baltimore game was a, like a sore thing for me so that's why i have him at seven yeah um, for me, seven, this might be a little low, but um, I am one of the few people that doesn't think this guy is one of the best. I already know what he's going to say. I already know what he's going to say. Go, I'm going to say Josh Allen. Um, okay. I have Josh Allen. You're not hurting my feelings at all. Yeah, I don't not hurting my him. feelings at all. He's not I even in my top 10. Yeah, I, I told. I don't have Josh Allen in my top 10 right now. I don't. Like right now. Wow. Right, now. right now, I well, do you you talk, but then we can we can give you our reasons sure. why. Yeah, so, since he's not on our list. Since he's not I on think our list. Josh Allen, I'm imagining the reason that y'all have him off the list is turnover issues. Um partially. I'm guessing. Um, so I'll say for me personally, I can't keep him off of my top ten because I drafted him in two of my leagues and I refuse to think <laughs> that I'm that bad of a, a fantasy manager. Um, but he's also like he's been doing good. He has good mm-hmm. stat lines. Um, some people would argue he's playing like a top five quarterback this year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that. I think he's wildly inconsistent. Um, yeah. There are times that he looks like a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then Absolutely. there are times that he throws a um, 
a hat trick to the New York Jets third string uh, third, mm-hmm. you know, cornerback on a night where yeah. they don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it's wildly inconsistent, but because the highs are so high, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think there are 10 quarterbacks who I would say I would take over him if I were starting a team. Um, so I have him at seven. I, I'm curious to think who David thinks I was going with here. Yeah. Um, I am also curious because he thought well, that he had a for sure read on it. Yeah. He, I thought I, did. I thought I did. Uh, I thought you were going to say CJ Stroud. Okay. That's that's okay. what I thought you were gonna say. Um Deb, but, you wanna you wanna take yeah, it? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take okay. it. Uh go. turnovers are definitely a, a part of it, uh absolutely. Um, but I also think that his wins are a little bit fraudulent. And here's what I mean by that. Week two, 31 for 37, 274, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Guess who it was against? Week two. Week two. The Raiders. Raiders? Yep, the Raiders. So I don't put a lot of stock in. I mean, I mean, again, those are things you're supposed to do, right? Uh, he was 20 for 32, 218, one touchdown, one interception, and a 37 to three win against the Commanders. All right, that's fine. Uh, he did have a good win against the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. So that should mean something. Uh, even though we we we've said on this podcast that Miami does doesn't like to play against aggressive football teams and good football um, teams. At good football teams. Uh, you lose to the Jaguars 20 to 25. You score only 14 points against the Giants. You lose 25 to 29 against the Patriots. You do win 24 to 18 against the Buccaneers. And then you just lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. The games that he's played, he hasn't played well. And the games that he has played well, yeah, you're supposed to beat the Raiders like that. You're supposed to beat the commanders like that. And so the Dolphins, to me, is the only game that I look at and I said, yeah, that's a really good game. And the fact that he's turning the ball over so many times, leading the league in turnovers this season. like, And and especially you could look at the losses pretty much all, like I would say probably three out of the four losses and say Josh Allen is the reason why we didn't win the game. Like, to me, that puts you outside of my top 10, even though I think he has top three talent. Yeah, I you think gotta right help, now, you gotta help me, David. Yeah. Because I know you're going to make the case that Dak is a top three quarterback. That's and right. Dak I am. Wins. Dak's wins mm-hmm. are against the Giants, the Jets, the yep. Pats, the Rams, and then he had a good win against the Chargers. The games right. that he should have won, he's won. The games he should have lost, he lost. But he yeah. also <clears throat> lost to Arizona. They mm-hmm. have – Pretty similar stats, but Allen has better stats than Dak in every category except interceptions. So I don't mm-hmm. understand how Dak is top three, but mm-hmm. Allen is out of your top ten. Uh, Whenever I'll wins explain, and losses I, thing yeah. is, mm-hmm. they're basically the same person. Yeah, I I will explain that when I get to it. Because right. I, I think it's just homerism is what I think the the main thing. That's I, there for you. If if you say that. I, I'm not going to be upset like I was about the Jake Ferguson deal, but I, I have my reasons for it of why yeah, okay. I'm putting him there right now. Yeah, I think for me, Savage, I'm I'm with you in terms of like why he's down on your list are the reasons why he's out of my list. The inconsistency. And I think turnovers is a huge part of it. His total turnovers and touchdown ratio 
25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So he's turned the ball over at a high rate. Is he scoring? Yes. And like I, I'm with you in the terms of the Dak Prescott thing. I do have him up there. And it probably for the same reasons David has him up there. But for me, it it is for me the concerning part is hey, the Patriots aren't very good and you lost. The Giants aren't very good, and it was close. And again, who you're gonna play in the postseason? You're gonna play most likely the Bengals. And it took them too long to figure it out. And for me, I know we're not supposed to use the past, but this is a trend. This is a trend. When you need to play good teams and you have to be the reason that they win, because he has no running game. He does have no running game. He has nothing. But it's like he, he is a top three talent. He really is. But the inconsistency is what bothers me. Yeah, it, it sounds just like Dak Prescott mm-hmm. minus the upside. Yeah. Again, I'll respond to that here in a second. Yeah. Um, we're going to move <laughs> on to number number six. Uh, number six, I have Jared Goff. Uh, I spent a lot of time yesterday watching film on Jared Goff because I initially had him at like an eight. But the more that I watched him and the more that I, 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 I see him in this offense, man, he's killing it. He's absolutely killing it. And this is coming from somebody who barely put him on my top 10 last year because of how he looked against the Rams. And you told uh, me I was wrong for putting him on my list last year. I didn't I didn't say you were wrong. I just said I would I don't have him that high as high as you. I have. had him at I had him at 8. But okay, keep but those I receipts, didn't, Daniel, keep hey, those receipts. I'm, I'm keep, yeah, I'm doing it. They're, I'm fr- they're fraudulent because I never said he was crazy for having him on the list. I yes, just told did. him I just said here's my here's why I have golf at 10. That's all I said. I never said that you were crazy. He said I was crazy for having him at eight instead of 10. I think I believe okay. Daniel on this one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. David's okay. trying to do some revisionist history. I'm not, but I'm glad that both of you guys want to be wrong Team together. Daniel. Team anyway, Daniel. So, so I have Jared Goff up there so high because, yes, the Baltimore game was bad, but that's mm-hmm. pretty much been his only bad game this year. Uh, now, mm-hmm. did they need him to beat the Raiders? No, they didn't, but he also didn't get in the way. Uh, and he was he's he knows how to play a complimentary football and plays it well. And then when they need him to step up, they do. When they lost against Seattle, I went back and watched that game. Jared Goff had them cooking. I mean, they, they played really well. Yes, he threw an interception, but his arm was hit when he threw the pick. So he's played really, really good football. I see him continue to play good football. That's why I have him at number six. Hmm. For me, I have CJ Stroud. At number six. Okay. Okay. Um, for the fact that at the beginning of the year, no one thought Houston would do anything. I thought he would be a bust. And what he's proven to be is, I think, and I hate I hate the fact that this might be recency bias, but what he get, did against Tampa Bay, who they've also been playing above their heads. In both categories in offense and defense, they're like almost middle – kind of borderline top 10 in each of defense and offense. So it's not like he played a bad team. And what he was able to do to win that game, while in the same breath, not turning the ball over, has been amazing. For a team that doesn't have big names, 
14 touchdowns, one interception. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm more impressed with the one interception and the fact that he's winning games that at the beginning of the year we're like, man, they might go mm-hmm. three and 14. Yeah. And so for, for that reason, that's why I have him at, at number six. Mm-hmm. For me, my number six quarterback, I put Tua. Um, okay. I think it's it's impossible to have an argument five five weeks into the season that Tyreek Hill is on pace to be the MVP and not also give the quarterback that same energy because right. receiver is a dependent position. Um, you drop 70 points on a team. I mean, mm-hmm. you had to mm-hmm. throw the ball to get there. HN did his thing too. But yeah. a lot of passing yards in there. Um, I don't put Tua's game against the um, Chiefs against him. I think Tua played a game good enough to win in the same way that I think Dak played a game good enough to win against Philly. Um, I just think that Tyreek Hill literally, he said he was going to give him that work, and he did, just not in a positive sense. Um, And so I think Tua's been playing really good football. I think when Tua's healthy, he's good. Yeah, my thing against two is never yeah. been that he doesn't have the skills. I just yeah. I don't trust that he's going to stay healthy. And to be honest, I still don't trust he's going to be healthy. Now, I did pick Miami to win the AFC East this year, and so mm-hmm. I think they will. Um, that's one of my picks. I'm proudest of. Um, and I think Tua right now is by a hair the best quarterback in that division. So, yeah, I have yeah I have two at six. Great, yeah. Well, now we're entering into our top five. I think this is where we're going to start uh, finding a little bit more arguments here at this point, like we already have in the show. Uh, at number five for me, I have Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar has played uh, pretty good football. I think he's played well. Um, but the running game for him has been uh, super, super talented and super good, especially uh, the last couple of weeks. Um but I have him in my top five. I was going to have him higher than that, but I have him in my top five at number five um, because his receivers just have been dropping a lot of passes lately and they have not, they have not done well. Um, so, but I think now they're, they're more of a running football team than a throwing football team. And Lamar is a part of that. Um, but I think that Lamar hasn't been the reason, especially in the last couple of weeks, of why they've won. And I think they have s- such an elite defense. Um, but I still put give him some respect and put him in in my top ten or in my top five. Yeah, for me, I have Patrick Patrick Mahomes at five. Um, mm-hmm. because and his stats would indicate that he probably should be lower on this list, but the fact that he's doing so much with so little. Mm-hmm. Is why he's in the top five. Because if you look at what Patrick Mahomes has done this year, his defense has been a big part of the reason why they're winning games. But the reason why Patrick Mahomes to me is a top five quarterback is because with what he has, he makes just enough plays to win you ball games. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think what docks him is. If it was like interceptions last year that Dak had where like he throws it and it's off the off the guy's hands, you got yeah. me. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing from him, and it's becoming more regular by the week, mm-hmm. is he's throwing it in double, triple coverage, and then it's getting picked off. Like you look at the Jets win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a controversial call. He threw that interception, and there was like three guys there. 
It was a terrible interception. And he's had a couple of them like that. Yeah. So for me, if it were like interception where it's getting tipped or the player ran the wrong route, I get it. But it's the fact that he's just throwing the ball to him or throwing it up for grabs when he's not really giving a receiver a chance. He's giving it's it looks like it's more intended for the defender than the receiver. And that's why I docked him a little, even though I I do believe what he's doing this year mm-hmm. is really, really good under the circumstances. Because his circumstances aren't great. They don't run the ball effectively enough. They have no wide receivers to name claim. Unless it's like an inky dink pass or a screenplay, they're pretty much useless. Yeah. And so, yeah. for me, that's why he's a top five quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that it's crazy at all that you have put Mahomes in your top five. Um, I think it's crazy where you put him in your top five. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that in a second. Right. Um, for me, my number five quarterback, and to be fair, I have to eat some crow on this. Um, I put C.J. Stroud, and mm. I um, a couple weeks ago thought it was crazy that y'all had him for a. Uh, the most surprising player of the year. And at this point, I don't think there's been anyone that's more surprising and like more of like an MVP caliber player in the sense of you take CJ Stroud off of that team. They probably haven't won a game all year. Um, Yeah. Houston Mm -hmm. is no longer a team you want to see on your schedule. CJ Stroud single-handedly is going to make Jordan love an unemployed person at the end of the season. Just because you no longer get the excuse of give him a few years. C.J. Mm, Stroud needed a half mm. of football to get his act together. He's like Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown. He basically took our rejects from the 2021 Cowboys offense and is putting together a, a very high-powered, potent offense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous what this dude is doing. And so, for me, the biggest lens – that I have on when I'm viewing quarterbacks is your degree of difficulty. And I mm. think there might be yes. three, two other players yeah. on this list that have had a stronger degree of difficulty than CJ Stroud, CJ yep. Stroud. You're not listening, but if you are, man, I am sorry for all the Houston fans out there. I've blasted <laughs> the quarterback. Dude's cooking. He's playing good ball. We'll see if he can keep it up. But yeah. as of this mm-hmm. part in the season, as of right now, yes, you can't say he's not a top five quarterback in my opinion. Can't, Mm-mm. can't, can't say that. Yeah, that's a really good, really good argument right there. My, my number four quarterback, I do have Patrick Mahomes. Um, like Daniel said, for all the reasons, he's doing a lot with a bunch of nothing, but you can't score six points and turn the ball three times against a team that allowed 70 points being put on them. And that's what Patrick Mahomes did against Denver. That's a huge glaring issue. You talked about the Jets game. Absolutely right. I think though I think the game though that we can give him in terms of why he deserves to be in the top 5 is week 1 against Detroit. To where not only did he not have any of his, of his uh did not have weapons, Travis Kelsey. He didn't even have Travis Kelsey. And he, Mahomes made two plays that changed the outcome of the game. And unfortunately, both of them happened because of Kadarius Stoney, where earlier in the ballgame, you have a pick six that goes. It was a Dak Prescott interception to where it hits him perfectly in the hands, 
goes up in the air and it's returned for a touchdown for a pick six. Then you have in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, trying to get into field goal range to win it. And Kadarius Tony drops the pass wide open. Can't do that. But Denver matters. The Jets matters. How he looked in the second half against Miami matters. He's just, it's it's not the same. And he's forcing the ball a lot, throwing it into double, triple coverage when just throw it away. But he's trying to do more than he's than he's supposed to, which is why he's not in my top three, but he's at number four for me. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Um for my number four, I put Jalen Hurts. Um, you have one loss all year. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge quarterback wins guy, but this dude just wins football games. I mean, he just does it. Um, and you can say, well, look at who he's played, but he's just winning games. Um, I think he has a certain degree of difficulty ratcheted up for him in the sense that he is playing through a knee injury right now. Mm-hmm. Um and for a player like Hertz, who so heavily relies on his ability to be mobile, having a banged up knee is a significant injury for him. And that bro's just delivering the pill. I mean, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown is going crazy right now. And you could say some of that is because he's making crazy catches. But wide receivers are dependent positions. You can't yeah. have an incredible wide receiver and a bum at quarterback. Um, those two things flow Hand in hand. I think Philadelphia right now is the best team in the NFC. Um, If I, you know, I don't think they're going to win the NFC, but I think right now if you had to do some power rankings, Philly has to be in that number one spot for me. Um, And I think, too, with Hurts, one thing that makes it different, we've seen Philly teams that have had a lot of skill that have underachieved. Uh, For me, I think back to the Carson Wentz era, those teams – always had name players. They always had great, you know, names on their roster. But Carson Wentz couldn't lead himself, let alone a roster of 53 men. I think with Hurts, he is a fantastic leader. Um, mm-hmm. He's And now he's throwing that thing good. Um, and so I think he's, he's my number four quarterback personally. Um, and so, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts has been doing good. So I have him at number four. I have Dak Prescott at number four. And the reason why I have him at number four is because of the fact that, hey, we just determined Philly's for real. And he played well enough to win that game. Now, what's glaring for me, but I think the two losses, obviously, to the Cardinals and the 49ers are concerning. But for me, what I can live with and why I'm able to not overlook it, but to not degrade him so much for that is the fact that the defense completely got mollywhopped. They got ran over. They could not stop a nosebleed in both of those games. So the Cardinal game, Dak was playing in a way where he was kind of forced at the end of the game to force a play because of the fact that he knew if they did not score that drive, they were going to lose that ball, and they were going to go right down the field and score and make it even closer. So for him, it's like, well, I got to go do it. And unfortunately, he failed. 
But the defense gave up almost, what, 300 yards rushing that game? Yeah. Same thing with the 49ers, over 217 or something like that. So for me, it's hard for me to dock him for those games. And it's like, hey, you're the reason we lost when he wasn't the reason that they lost. That defense was the reason that we lost. And why we said at the beginning of the show, Dallas defense is a concern. And so for me, I think what he showed against the Chargers of like, hey, man, this is probably not the best game that you could play. But guess what? You can pull it out in the end. And same thing with Philly. For me, I thought towards the end of the game, I was like, well, I don't what is he going to do? I don't know if they can do much more than this. And then Dak is leading drives, leading drives. And because of a terrible offensive line, some calls at the end of the game, they don't get the job done. Well, I'm not going to blame Dak for that either. And so I think a team like Philly playing the way that he did for me is like, okay, he knows late in games how to get down to the field, get the team and score points, get the team in, in situations where they can win the game. And he's turned down the turnovers to where we can, at the end of the game, be like, well, Dak didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. So for me, I that's where I think it's the lack of turnovers for me and the clutch moments that he's been able to show against teams like Philly and the teams like the Chargers where their defense is not great, but you know they'll probably be in the thick of the playoff contention. For me, that's where I can elevate him a little bit. Yeah, I think I would have more sympathy for Dak against the Cardinals and against the Niners. Um, Like the Cardinals game, you're right. Our defense couldn't stop anyone. And if we lost that game Mm 38-35, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, we put up a bunch of points. We just couldn't get a stop. Bro, we scored 16 against Arizona, Mm -hmm. right? Against the Niners, you know, it's like, yeah, the defense let us down, but we scored 10 against the Niners. And so it's just – it's hard for me to be sympathetic in that just because it's like he just didn't produce. This is the only loss this year where he's really produced. And, you know, that Chargers is on pace to be the worst passing defense in NFL history, Mm -hmm. you know, and we barely beat them. And so – Yeah. Yeah, but – What I would say to that, though, is – also looking at circumstances, Michael Gallup has been a huge disappointment this year. Brandon Cooks, up until late, hasn't produced. He hasn't produced. Yep. And Tony Pollard in that run game has been almost non-existent. Sure. So the fact that Dak is able to at least make it a game with, what, maybe two options at the most? Maybe three if Brandon Cooks has a good day? And in no running game on top of that? With the defense playing mediocre in times where they shouldn't, and the fact that they're still five and three, for me that's amazing within itself. And he's not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for all the reasons you said, that's why I have Dak Prescott as my number three quarterback of this season. I think, especially when you look at the Arizona game, uh, Dak was the only reason why we even scored sixteen points because if you remember that game, nobody else showed up except for him. I think even Brand uh, uh, Michael Gallup was the also the only one who showed up in that game. Like nobody else was a factor. Dak Prescott was converting third down and tens, twelves with his legs. And if you remember, there was a call in the red zone in that game to where you could kick a field goal to bring the game closer, and you run the ball on fourth down and you don't get it. 
And it you see it in in yeah. the Arizona game. That's why I don't put the Arizona game at all at Dak because Dak was the only reason why we had 16 points. And now, and especially with how the plays were being called in that game, you're not helping your quarterback either, which is why I also will give him a um, even more credit for the Chargers game because Mike McCarthy called the worst game as the offensive play caller probably of his life. Like it was, it was terrible. It was bad. And that was a game to where Dak Prescott said, you know what? I'm going to have to do it myself. And he did. And it was after that game that Mike McCarthy finally said, you know what, Dak? Here's the whole playbook. You can finally run the entire playbook. And look what's happened since then. Against the Rams, lit him up. Against the Eagles, lit him up. And so I'm saying that now that Dak, because he has the full playbook now open to him, he's going to be able to do this every single week because he's done it against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a big game. Now, say what you want about the Jets. That Jets defense is legit. It was the same Jets defense that Patrick Mahone played. It was the same Jets that Josh Allen played. And he was electric in that game. And so you have to look at those kinds of games and how he's been playing recently and also really dive deep into that Arizona game. And yes, did he play bad against the 49ers? Absolutely. You can't you can't erase that. It was horrendous. It was horrible. But there's been a lot of quarterbacks this year that have had stinkers of games. And that was Dax one. But if you really look at the totality of this season, the fact that CD and Ferguson are really your only two weapons right now, the fact that Tony Pollard is not getting it going, and the fact that you have Mike McCarthy as your play caller, Dak has had to overcome a lot this season. And now that he's been given the whole playbook, you're seeing the results of it now, and that's why I say he's a top-three quarterback. Hmm. Yeah, and, and David, just to add to that, for me, you said how are we going to – put him over to uh what i've seen out of dak and since the chargers game is what he's realized is i gotta play how tony did the pocket's gonna collapse i have to escape the pocket keep my eyes down the field either get it with my legs or throw the ball and since then i've seen dak escape the pocket and that's something i don't see Tua do often enough usually if the play's not there he's gonna take a sack or he's gonna throw it away Dak is at least capable of getting outside and trying to make a play. That's the difference between the two of them for me. Yeah. But, Daniel, who's your number three? My number three is Jalen Hurts. Um, Because I'm taking into account the fact that his offensive coordinator has also struggled this year. He also also has not called a good game. It took a while for them to figure out what is this offense going to be. And so I think having a guy like AJ uh, AJ Smith is great, but he has a number one receiver. What great quarterback doesn't have a great number one receiver? Travis Kelsey uh, is Patrick Mahomes. Dak has CD Lamb. You look at Joe Burrow. He has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Ty, uh, Tyler Boyd. So he he has that one weapon. Now Dallas Goddard, what his injury is going to be? He's out for a couple weeks. And, you know, he has Devontae Smith, but he's good at getting the ball to him. And there were some throws, even last week, where I was just like, man, can Dak even make that throw? And he has. Dak has made those throws, but it made me question. But when you talk about what he was coming out and what he can do with the football now, I'm like, man, that's a top three throw right there. That was a top three throw. And then also, the, you know, the touch butch, is it, is it the fact on how they line up? Or is it the fact that Jalen can squat 800 pounds 
his strength, those types of things. They view short yardage situations as an extra down. And for me, that's what makes him a top three quarterback is that you can trust Jalen. Even, David, you've talked about how the games have been close mm-hmm. in situations. Well, he's been able to pull out those victories and mm-hmm. just do enough to win games, just like Patrick Mahomes. But he's been able to pull out victories and score when you need to, get first downs when you need to, run out the clock when you need to. And for mm-hmm. that reason, that's why I have him at number three. Nice. Um, for my number three quarterback, I have Joe Shiesty, Mr. Burrow himself. Um, here is why. We talk degree of difficulty. A calf strain for a quarterback is a awful injury to have. Um, you have to plant off of that injury. You have to push the ball down the field. And calf injuries have a tendency to linger. Um, and so I think the fact that he has just played through this calf injury is just – it's awesome. I mean, they started 0-3. He's been on a tear since. Um, he has just been doing fantastic stuff on the football field. I love Burrow. Um, but if we are having to take in account the entire year, I have to dock that start against him. Um, I know he was injured, but he still made a choice to go on that field and not rest. If your name, if number nine Burrow is out on the field, the stat books do not care about calf injury. If you're there, you need to play. You need to produce. And the fact of the matter is, and y'all know how much I love Burrow, but I'm trying to be objective in this. He just didn't do nothing for the first month of the year. He just, he had a really hard go at it. And I project that, that he will, I don't think he'll be number three moving forward the rest of this year. I think he'll continue to climb. Uh, If we had this conversation three weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have had him in my top 10 list, um, even though I love him, but he's climbed a lot for me. Um, I just still think there's been a couple other quarterbacks who this year, have had more of a degree of difficulty and better performance throughout, um, but not many, only two guys. Um, and so, yeah, I have Joe Shiesty Burrow himself at number three. And, uh, yeah, it was a great win against Buffalo, but who's shocked he beat Buffalo? I'm not. Um, that's just – it's one of those things. So I got Mr. Burrow at number three. Okay. My number two quarterback – is Lamar Jackson. Because of degree of difficulty, the fact that his receivers, for the most part, up until late, have been bums and scrubs. And the fact that statistics don't tell the whole story. When you look at what Lamar is able to do in terms of moving around in the pocket, getting outside, getting first down with his legs, they don't show up on a stat sheet. And the fact that he was able to extend drives with his legs, put him in the position to score. Like David said, the reason why I don't have a number one is because he has a great run game and a really dominant defense. But Lamar Jackson, what what he has, has been really great. Mm -hmm. And to me, there's been even a couple throws where I'm just like, man, Lamar, what a throw that was. And so for me, that's why I have Lamar at number two. They're winning games. And – Yes, is it entirely because of Lamar that they're winning games? No, but he's a good reason why they are. That's why I have him at number two. 
I don't have much more to add on that. Then uh, Daniel, I also have Lamar at number two. Um, only thing that I would say is that if the quarterback position was only about stats, he'd be down. But similar to Hurts, his leadership ability. Um, and also, you saw where that team was last year. Without, without him. And now you see where they are with him. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Ravens very well could win a Super Bowl this year um, because Lamar Jackson sets the tone. He has one reliable week-in, week-out receiving option, and that's Mark Andrews. Uh, Zay Flowers is still a pup. You can't really – I don't trust him when it comes mm-hmm. time into the playoffs. Um, Odell Beckham is going to get hurt at some point. He's just at that stage yeah. in his career. Rashad Bateman, for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. And I guarantee you the only reason that run game is working as good as it is is because you don't know who's going to get the ball. You don't know who's running it. That's the yeah. thing. I mean, Lamar arguably is the best runner on that team. I mean, he's the most dangerous man with that ball in his hands. And you can hand off the ball or you can fake hand it off, run it yourself, or you can just do a simple play action. Or is him being like, out there on the field as decoy enough. He's He is the ultimate weapon. Honestly, I think I could see Lamar winning MVP at the end of this year. Um, I think Lamar has been as good as advertised. Um, and it's funny. You pay the man, he plays better. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> so um, I have Lamar at my number two. Uh, David, go ahead and convince me why Stroud is the second best quarterback in the league, which is ridiculous. <sighs> it's like you said. I knew it. With, I knew it. Oh my gosh! It's it's with without CJ Stroud, the Texans <laughs> don't even win a game this year. Um, I'm I'm seeing a a guy who is man, is he really really good at throwing the football, uh, and is making plays against teams that are 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 better than him. Um, I think if you look at that Tampa Bay game, that. Because, I mean, we're asking the question, like, who's playing the best football right now? Um, you beat the Steelers 30-6. to six. You beat that Steelers defense 30-6. to six. Um, You beat the Saints. You come off a good win, 20-13. to 13. Um, You beat Jacksonville 37-17. to 17. And you throw 20 of 30, 280, two touchdowns. So the wins that he does have are against – teams that we consider to be playoff teams and he's doing it with a bunch of nobodies uh dalton schultz i love him uh and i think he's a great he's no jake ferguson he's no jake ferguson you have noah brown who was really really good but he also can be really really bad uh had a couple interceptions that uh, were his fault last year yeah so when you said that Dak fixed his interception problem no he just fixed a Noah Brown problem because Noah Brown cost him a lot. Uh, and so these are the same weapons that CJ Stroud has with a team that really doesn't have anybody. And he's playing like this to where he's in the MVP conversation to where they're four and four right now. Like you're talking about the degree of difficulty, man, CJ Stroud has one of the highest in the league right now. And this is how he's playing, right? Like, that's why I have him at number two. Do I expect him to be at number two at the end of the year? No, I absolutely do not. But I have to give the man his flowers. He's doing a lot with a bunch of nothing. And without him, they'd be nothing. 
So that's why I have him as my number two quarterback. 15 touchdowns and one interception right now? Like, for real. That's where he's at. And he's throwing for a ton of yards, too. Playing really, really good ball. So y'all both have, because I've been taking notes on who y'all put where. Yes. Y'all are both going to make me a really happy person because my guess is y'all both have Burrow at one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll tell you why. We'll tell you why. So I'll go first since y'all are in agreement. Y'all probably know where I'm going. Um, we're talking degree of difficulty. This man only has one receiving weapon. He lost his offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. The rest of his wide receivers have been objectively bad. Just bad players. Um, they are number one in the conference. They are number three in passing offense in the NFL. I'm sorry, but Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. He just is. He has, I mean, you got Rajiv Rice, you got Sky Moore, you got Kadarius Toney. Like, what kind of receiving core is this? You have Travis Kelsey, who is still looking like he's a little bit hurt. He, you have Mahomes who's having to navigate the, the you know, T-Swift situation and all of the publicity that comes into that. Chiefs games have become more about where is Taylor sitting than how are the Chiefs actually performing. Um, I just – I think his degree of difficulty is by far the highest. He has a phenomenal tight end. That's it. His offensive line has not been – particularly great he has a good defense playing for him sure but when you look at what he's able to do with what he has on the offensive end for him to have the number three passing offense in the league is crazy to me considering he has one weapon and I love I love Kelsey but Kelsey isn't a vertical threat in the sense of he's going to take the top off the defense now he's going to get open. He's a good. He's the best medium. He's a good, he's a good yak guy. Like he'll get yeah. yards after the catch. But in terms of just like game breaking plays, that's just not really him. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you have the third most passing yards in the NFL without a guy who's going to take the top off the defense? Um, I still trust that. Pat, I believe Patrick Mahomes is going to finish this year at number one. I think he is currently number one. Um, I just think there's just been a couple games here and there where it's been a little spotty, but for the most part, I mean, yeah, between him and Lamar, it was really close for me, but I'm still going to give the nod to Mahomes um, just because I think that his degree of difficulty is higher. Um, not only are they not good receivers, but they're not good young receivers. He's got just a litter of puppies that he's having to teach how to play football. And so I got, I got Mahomes at number one for me. Yeah, for me, the only knock that I had on Patrick Mahomes, and for me, it's why I put him five on my list, is not only did he have bad interceptions, idiotic interceptions. Like, it was just like, what the heck are you doing, bro? Like, what is this? And so, and the guys that I have above him, I can't say that about them. I can't say that. Now, you can talk about Dak Prescott one game against the 49ers, but with Patrick Mahomes, it's been consistently like that. Like, there's been multiple games where it's just like, 
dude, that was an idiotic interception. That was so dumb. And so that's why I like for all the reasons you said or the reasons why I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but it's because of how bad the interceptions were that I can't have him at number one over the guy that I have at number one, which David, you and I have the same guy. Yep. It's Joe Burrow. And here's why. And here's why. So, yes, it is bad that he did. And I told David at the beginning of the year, I don't think he should have played to start the year. Yeah. Get healthy. Come out right. But this is what I would say to that. Are the Browns a good team? They have one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. So I'm to me, it's not surprising that an injured Joe Burrow will play bad against that. Again, are the Ravens a good team? Yeah. Almost and pulled it, was, it out. Almost beat them. Almost pulled it out. Almost beat them. The Rams, that's where they got their first win. Did he play incredible? No, but they won the game. The Titans are very streaky in the AFC. They're well coached on defense, so an injured Joe Burrow can have problems with that. So that one, yeah, bad game, sure. But you look Since at the then. last you look at the last four games, he completely turned it turns it around. Only has two picks, throws a total of ten interceptions or ten touchdowns. Ten touchdowns, two interceptions, and looks phenomenal. And against, you know, a Cardinals team, yeah, that, but that's what you expect to do if once you're healthy, you do that. But you look at a Seattle. Seattle defensively has been surprising this year. Their defenses look good. Witherspoon, who's their first-round pick, has looked great. And you look what Joe Burrow did to him. So that for me, I think that's a very quality win. Again, to NFC team that is going to be a wild-card team, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Then the 49ers, what he did to the 49ers. You look at 28 for 32, 283, three touchdowns, had some scrambles for 43 yards. And then Buffalo. You may not think Buffalo is a big win, but still people people think that they're still a really good team in the AFC and still have a great chance to win that division and to get into the postseason. So for me, also, I've been saying it throughout the show, Stats don't tell everything. When I look at Joe Burrow throwing the football, it's effortless. A healthy Joe Burrow, it looks too easy. He throws he throws one with, with the safety and the corner right there, and there's a small window to where Joe Burrow, and with the flick of the wrist, bow, right there. Perfect position for a touchdown. That is why Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the league right now and why I believe the trajectory of how he's played the last couple weeks I think that's what we're going to see throughout the rest of the year from the Bengals and Joe Burrow and why he will be the number one quarterback at the end of the year yeah um, I, I can't put it any better than that I think Daniel absolutely captured it yes did he struggle early especially in week one yeah yeah absolutely but at the same time, I don't think there's a quarterback that's had a a better last four weeks in the NFL than Joe Burrow. Against quality um, team. Against really, really good. I mean, we're, we were talking about the 49ers being the best team in the NFC, and Joe Burrow completely takes them apart with his arm and his legs. Uh, 
He had to make. He had to make him take a bye week. Yeah, and so, so Joe Burrow, to me, is like right now in the NFL. If you had to take a quarterback to finish off a game, who would you take? I would take Joe Burrow. A healthy Joe Burrow. Talk about clutch. Who I'm taking. We're talking about a guy who. If it's all the same. Same team. I'm going Mahomes, man. I just am. I I think that, and and it's weird though because I didn't say this last year, but I'm saying it this year just because of what I've seen from Mahomes. It's Joe Burrow isn't going to throw an interception that just looks bad. Joe Burrow's going to have people to get open. Yeah, but his also also his offensive line isn't great. Well, neither is Mahomes. I know, Mahomes but has, has it been has it been even worse than Joe Burrow? That's the reason why he got hurt. Yeah, and we're and we're talking about the games to where he's no, played well. He's not. been sacked three times in those games. Burrow Burrow's injury was in the was in preseason training camp. It was not no, no, but what I'm saying is like when he gets beat up at the end of the year, you know, he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, no, sure, and he's, and he's still able to do what he does with Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Yes, does he have weapons? And I do believe, like, Patrick Mahomes is clutch. But he also does get away with a lot of bad throws because of the fact he throws it so dang hard that they drop interceptions. And for me, Joe Burrow is more calculated towards the end of the game, and I would trust him more than Patrick Mahomes. Even though, either way, I'm going to win Super Bowls with both of them. Yeah, but slightly, yeah. I would take Joe Burrow. We think, we think I'm a big, I'm a big Burrow guy. Y'all know this, but we have not seen Burrow win a Super Bowl. I don't think the Bengals sure. are going to win it this year. I've seen well, Mahomes win too. He, here's what I, I would say. Three. Here's what I say to that. If Cincinnati had an offensive line, I think Joe Burrow wins that Super Bowl because he sure. was driving, he was I, dealing. I agree, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it, you know, mm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I don't want to open up this conversation again. But you just used a bunch of ifs and you got on to me for doing that earlier. Right. Well, but again, we saw Joe Burrow do it. We've seen him done it, do it before. The difference between Joe Burrow and Jake Ferguson is a lot. The knock, oh, yeah, the knock on that, Burrow, but. the knock on Burrow. And it was this way at LSU, as great as that offense was. Whenever they did have a problem, Burrow's always gotten sacked, and it's because he pads the ball for too long sometimes. Mm. Sometimes he's waiting for that home run strike, and whenever he has the opportunity, he's going to hit it, you know, seven times out of ten, eight times out of ten. But when you play that kind of ball, you're going to get sacked. You know, you you can't expect an offensive line. Those defensive linemen get paid too, you know, and you can't expect an offensive line to hold up six seconds of play for 30, yeah. 40 plays. That's just not yeah. realistic. Mm-hmm. And so does Cincinnati's offensive line need to get better? Yeah. Is Joe Burrow making it difficult for them at times? Yeah, he is. Yeah, but here's a, here's an, another great comparison. You saw what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes didn't get an offensive line. Mm. And what did Kansas City do right after that? They got him the best offensive line in football. And look what happened. I sure. swear. That and that is a difference. An offensive line makes a difference in those games. Oh, yeah, so, I, I completely and agree. so 
And so why I, I agree, there's times where Joe Burrow pats the ball. In that Super Bowl, that wasn't the reason that he got sacked, especially at the end of the game. Well, yeah, yeah. Aaron Donald's going to be Aaron Donald. But like I said, those defensive players get paid to be great too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love y'all building a case for Burrow. I love mm-hmm. Burrow, but I got to be objective. And when you have three, four losses on your record, yeah, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think they've won enough quality games to counteract that with the also the addition of like he was hurt. Like right. I think that, like well, if, he, that, if, if he was winning games against scrub teams, mm-hmm. then I'll be like maybe I need to see a little bit more. But the fact that it was against Seattle, the 49ers, Buffalo. Is the reason I'm I'm willing to make that jump early. Well, and yeah. also when you think that Patrick Mahomes technically he should also have three losses in the season because he threw that interception against the Jets. Like, but you're t- y'all y'all love y'all argue about this with each other, but y'all live in if. No, well, I haven't I'm, listen, listen, I, I, I do. Mahomes yet. I, I, I do. It. I do use it in ifs. Because those things matter when the refs get in the game and affect the outcome of a game, you have to talk about it. There's they no beat the they beat the Jets. They they they, they they got lucky. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and that's what happened on that day. What Eli I'm saying Manning's is his entire career. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But that's why he's not a Hall of Famer. But and, and what I'm yeah. saying is is that with with Patrick Mahomes, there there are games that you can look at him this season and be like, man, you guys should have lost. There's also games in the games that Pat Joe Burrow w- lost, and you said, oh, you should have won. So I think those two things uh, balance out. And I think the question why we're saying who's the top 10 quarterbacks right now is based on how they're playing right now. Joe Burrow, for the last four weeks, looks like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Now, if we want to talk about overall, like the list that we had, in the in the offseason where we said, okay, if you're taking the last two, three years into account, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes is still number one for me. But we're talking about Same. this season and this season alone. And yeah. right now, Joe Burrow is outplaying Patrick Mahomes. If this week was week five, I'd agree with you. But it's not. We're in week nine. So that's why I'm like, you can't right. you can't just look at the last four weeks. Yeah. But I, I I even think week week two, he played well enough to win the game. And they didn't lose because of him. With Mahomes and the games that they've lost, well, other than the first game against Detroit. But against Denver? Oof. Okay, that's one. Denver. Name another. Name against, another. against one of the worst teams in the league, he sure. played like that. Name another. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow hasn't had a game like that. I'm saying name another one. The Jets, he played bad enough to lose that game. But they won. They won the game. Again, if you're if we have to use a caveat, the refs, if we have to use a caveat like that, that's a pretty that's a pretty big disclaimer to have. The Chiefs are seven and two, y'all. They are seven and two because of the that's defense. Great. Congratulations. Cincinnati's and Travis last place in the and, and the fact that and the fact that you played Chicago in one week. And who else did they play? Oh, and they played the Chargers, who you just said is the 32nd ranked passing offense in the NFL. Or Those are the only two games where he's actually looked like a number one quarterback, like the best. So do y'all think wh- – where do you think 
I guess that really doesn't help for this conversation. But Cincinnati, they're currently tied for fourth or top right. tied for second, but currently listed fourth in their division. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can't be the best quarterback in the league and be last place in your own division. You just can't. You can if your whole division is playing really well. That's the issue. Their div- division is really, really good. And I they think are they behind are- Kenny Pickett, dude. And Burrow's been there for every single game. Okay, but tell me this. Do you really – and I know we're talking about the future, which, again, probably doesn't help right now. Do you expect the Bengals to be under Pittsburgh at the end of the for year? For very long. No. There you go. Do you, but do you we're not talking about projecting. We're talking what we've seen. But I'm Once saying again, what we're that's talking what I'm what saying. Saying. What, what, what happened last week? What happened two weeks ago? Like Joe Burrow is sure. playing like the number one quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, but right now. But we're saying then, the last eight weeks. Last four weeks. The last four weeks he's done. Okay, sure. Last four weeks. They're he's five been the best quarterback in the NFL. That means there's been eight games that they've yes. played. And four of them he's looked fantastic. The other four, not that hot. The other, the other, I would say there's been one game where he's looked bad, two games he's looked average, and one game, and then five games that he's looked amazing in. David, let me ask you. Let me ask you something. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you bring, let's just say you bring me out to teach at your okay. D now, hypothetically. Okay. Okay. Well, it's not I, hypothetical. Show up, it's happening. I show up Friday night. Okay. And I, you know, say that when God created Jesus and, you know, that, <laughs> and I say, you know, you just got to, I can't wait gotta, for what, what this illustration is going to be. You just got to try really hard. And if you try hard enough, God will bring you in. And then Saturday, Saturday morning, I say, you know, like, man, some of Paul's writings, we can't, let's, let's take out a chapter here and there. But then Saturday night, dude, it's like one of the best sermons you've ever heard. And a, a bunch of great stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You gonna say he crushed it that D now? You gonna say no? He had a good Saturday night, but the rest of it was whack, bro. <laughs> That's what's happened with Burrow. He's been good as of late, but man, there's been some heresy at the beginning of his season. Yeah, but again, you're forgetting that he's hurt, and and the ankle to a quarterback is almost so you. Yeah, you're the one who said a sprained calf is the worst thing for a quarterback. I agree. I'm just saying, though, if you're that hurt, don't play. But here's the thing. Oh, let me say this. Let me say this. If Burrow sat out weeks one through four and he's only played five through nine, he'd be my number one. But But he did it, so he's not. But here's the thing. Joe Burrow had those bad games with a sprained ankle. Mahomes has had bad games, and he's been perfectly healthy. But they are number one in the conference. And and, and he's made – and the – He's thrown interceptions that you can't blame receivers. You can't blame your offensive line. It's your fault. And if because of that they were last place in their division, I would dock them for it. But, but they're again, winning games. It, it, but here's the thing. It's not like we have them outside of the top five. We have them at five. They I mean, were arguing we between three so and far. one. That's that's a, But you have Dak yeah. Prescott over Mahomes, and that's I do. crazy. I do. I do. Both of y'all I do. do. I stand by that. Daniel, I thought that I thought we thought the same about the game. We don't. <laughs> yeah, hey, they again, they literally were texting last night, like yesterday, again, be like, "Oh, once again, what I hate more than anything is he idiotic it. interceptions. That's hates what I hate it. more than anything. 
Sure. More than and anything. That's why that's why in the past, Savage, we've killed Dak Prescott for that. Sure. So why am I not gonna have the same energy over Patrick Mahomes? Because they won the game. We get mad at Dak when he throws crazy stuff and they lose. But no, we, we get on him when he throws crazy interceptions and they still win. No, no. He, if Dak, he went eight, if Dak wins, he had he I'll had 15 interceptions him. last year and he went eight and four. And then heading into the play, we're like, man, his interceptions. And he was and eight what and four made us the lose? What made us lose against San Francisco? Trayvon Diggs. And I, I Trayvon Diggs dropping it. I had to get back to what you said. You said, oh, it's he had one of those Dak Prescott interceptions where it hit the receiver's hands and flew 30 yards in the air. That. that San Francisco that. game, there was two picks. That the only hands it touched were the 49ers' hands. Okay? Let's stop acting like all of sure. Dak's interceptions are, oh, that was only the receiver's fault. Dak Last year it was. Throws year it no, was. no, no, not the, not other the than, other than the Other than the San Francisco game. You're right. Other okay, than other than the most important game yeah. of the year. Well, he had a bad game. Come on, Mahomes had had a bad game in the playoffs. You telling me that as a as Mahomes a has Joe Chiesty? Mahomes has he two does. Super Bowls. He does. He does. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying that got two playoff wins. Yes, but we've as I've chronicled in the past before. The only re you can't put those only two wins. Like the reason why we only have two wins is because of how bad Dak played. As I've highlighted before. He should have won against the Green Bay Packers if he had this defense. Then against the Los Angeles Rams, they gave up over 200 yards rushing, and they lost. Then you have the game against the San Francisco 49ers to where he's driving down the field, and you have receivers dropping passes. You have offensive line getting penalties and forcing and letting up big sacks and big games. This is the only game that Dak has played in the postseason to where I'm able to look at him and be like, that's all you. And that's what I'm saying about Dak Prescott. And that's why I'm saying even his interceptions and his turnovers, even last year, you can't go into it looking at the tip passes last year and say Dak has an interception problem. Then you look at him this year and you were like, oh, man, he's really cleaned it up. No, it's just guys aren't tipping it up in the air anymore. Man. Period. He's a, I just I just can't get on board with that. To say there's only one playoff game that Dak was the main reason we lost is yes, that's the that's only ridiculous. the only game. He said, that's the "Oh, only if game. we had that defense," and and nobody made those excuses for Romo when that defense was terrible through all the playoffs. Nobody made those excuses. Look, I did. At the end of the day, well, Tony's my did. guy. But Tony's I'm my guy. Saying, yeah, I'm saying from a national perspective, at the end sure, of the day, sure. At yes. the end of the day. I'm yeah, paying right, Dak right. Prescott to win big games. I don't care about the defense. I don't mm -hmm. care about the rushing. I, Dak, mm -hmm. your job is to yep. get a Super Bowl. I'm paying mm -hmm. you 40 mil a year. Maybe I would be able to afford a better defense if I had more mm -hmm. money to, to spend on defense. But I don't because I'm paying you to cover those holes. You can't do it. He hasn't done it. Uh, see, you had me until then. Because they have the defense has all that they need right now to win now. It's the fact that they're not showing up in the biggest moments in the game because there are all kinds of oodles talented. They're just not making the plays. And you're also paying those guys a lot of money to also make those plays that they aren't making. That which needs is why, to cover their weakness. And here's the thing. With this offense and with the full playbook now, Dak's going to do it this year. And that's how we're going to end this episode. We'll so we'll so see. Thank, you. thank you guys so much for joining us here on Double Take It NFL Podcast. Man, such an explosive episode. Uh, 
Tell us what your thoughts are. Tell me if you agree with Steven and Daniel that I'm a Jason Witten hater or if yes, I just have are. so much love. He for Jake that Ferguson. was so ridiculous. Why? Dumbest reason why. So disrespectful. But thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Tell us what your top 10 quarterbacks are and where you have them ranked as well. Uh, Steven, thank you so much, man, for joining us on the show. You know, I love you so much. I know I drive you crazy all the time, but I know the love is there. Uh, so thankful for you coming on and, and giving us your list and giving us your opinions. Oh, thanks for having me on, fellas. I appreciate it. And Daniel, I know that you're mad at me right now, but I love you too. Uh, you know, and- you know, I, I've heard you be wrong my whole life, so it doesn't it does not <laughs> affect me anymore. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how how right I am in the next 10, 15 years. But enjoy we'll a great week. Oh, wait, we're not done yet. I don't know why I just did that. We still have pick'em to do. That's right. We still have pick'em to do. So let's go through these real, real quick. Fire, we gotta fire through these quickly. We gotta fire through these. All right. Yes. So first game up this season, we have Carolina versus Chicago. I'm gonna go Chicago. Is it in know. Chicago? It is in Chicago. Yeah, I'm taking Chicago as well. I'll go Chicago just because I want to be able to get close with y'all. Yeah, so Chicago is 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 this game. Okay, I also go Chicago on that one. Uh, then you have Indianapolis versus New England. I'm going to go Colts here. I'm going Colts. Their offense is really uh, high octane, so I'm I'm good with that. I'll go Indy. Okay, then we have Cleveland versus Baltimore. Like we said, Lamar Jackson and that offense, they're really taking off. The defense is playing well. Uh, I don't know about Cleveland and who their quarterback is right now. Is Deshaun Watson back? He is back. Um, so for me, I just don't trust him. I don't trust Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, for me, this is really easy. I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take Baltimore. Yeah. I'm also taking Baltimore. Me too. This is exciting. Yeah. And then we have Houston versus Cincinnati. Man, what a game that's going to be. Number one and two in the league right now going up against each other. Uh, I, I love Houston. I love what they're doing. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. I think they have it turned on right now, and I think they're going to keep chugging away. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Give me Bengals by 10. Sounds good. All right, then we have – this one's going to be a good game. San Francisco versus game. Jacksonville. Jacksonville's rolling. San Francisco's struggling, but they're coming off the bye. Uh, who you have in this game? Give me the give me Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville as well. I got I gotta go, go with my guy Trevor Lawrence. I gotta go with him. I'm gonna go with the Niners. I think they fix a lot of things uh this week and, and I think that they make a statement and they say that they're back. So I'm gonna go San Francisco. Then you have New Orleans versus Minnesota and Joshua Dobbs. Is it in Minnesota? It is in Minnesota. Give me give me the Dobbs. Hmm. I'm gonna um, go. I'm actually gonna go with Derek Carr in New Orleans. I think they've had the last good couple of weeks. Uh, their defense is legit. Um, I really see them making a statement this week. With the injury to Minnesota and the schedule and what New Orleans has coming up to end the year, they're poised to go for a run, and I think it starts here in Minnesota. So Minnesota wins or New Orleans wins? New Orleans. Okay. 
All right, then we have Green Bay versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Steven, you already talked about Jordan Love possibly being unemployed by the end of the season. I think Joshua Dobbs is another case in that as well. Uh, but he did have a win last week. But I'm going to go with uh, Watt in that defense in Pittsburgh. Yep, give me Pitt. Yeah, I'm taking them as well. All right, then you have Tennessee versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's been struggling a lot as of late, even more than Tennessee. I like Will Levis. We didn't talk about Will Levis at all, but I, I like what I'm seeing from him uh, uh, so far. So, But I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I think I – think, I don't know. I just trust them more to be a little bit more consistent than Tennessee has this year. Even yep. though they've dropped four in a row. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Tampa as well. I think Baker Mayfield is such a great leader for this team. He's done a really good job at late in games, scoring points. And it just seems like he always has an opportunity to win the game. Um, and I think with the inconsistency of Tennessee, he gives them a great chance to win. Yeah. Okay, then we have Atlanta versus Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray is actually starting this week, so he's going to be back uh, under center for the Cardinals. Uh, I just don't know what Kyler Murray is going to look like, so I'm going to go with Atlanta in this one, even though I'm, I'm really not a fan of of Ritter or or Heineke because Heineke's probably st- Heineke's starting. Oh yeah, uh, so. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Falcons. I don't know what Kyler Murray will be just yet, and so I'm gonna take the guy who's actually been playing football for a while. I mean, you look at anyone coming off an injury; it's gonna take a, a while for them to adjust. And I think for the same will be for Kyler. Yeah, with OG Fortnite coming back out, you know, I think Murray's putting a lot of time into that. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Atlanta. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Um, so now we have. Uh, Detroit versus the Chargers. Detroit, they're playing extremely well. The Chargers have won two in a row, albeit against since uh, Chicago and the Jets. I'm going to go with Detroit. I think that they've really found a good balance. Gibbs is running the ball extremely effectively. Jared Goff, one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So I'm going to go with Detroit. Yeah, for me, I'm hoping that Jared Goff has his way against this defense. Um, and like you said, Gibbs is an explosive weapon. I hope they utilize him in spreading him out and just getting the ball to him in open space. And so for him, for me, I'm taking Dan Campbell and the Lions. Yep, me too. All right. Now we have this one's a pretty easy game. Jets or Giants versus Cowboys. I mean, you have Dak Prescott, best quarterback in the NFC. Um, that's a that's an automatic dub. So I'm not even gonna talk about that. Yeah, I'm taking Dallas. Yeah, I'm going Dallas as well. But so then we have <laughs> no, no, go on. No, go on. I'm ex- I'm expecting Jake Ferguson to have three drops, have under 50 yards. Okay, in this game. now now he's now he's hating on Jake Ferguson. Really, no, that's, sarcasm. that's sarcasm. That's sarcasm. Yeah, that's sarcasm, David. Whatever. You y'all cannot, David. You can't read sarcasm to save your life, man. Because I was being sarcastic in the group chat, and you weren't picking up on it. Either. Okay, no, 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 wait, whoa, whoa. You can't. It's hard. It's harder to do it's that. Hard to over text. text. Come on. It, you were using all caps and everything. Like, you can't get onto me for why that. Why would I be excited about Martinez Bryant? <laughs> I don't know, Savage. That's why I was concerned for a second. Anyway, okay. So now we have uh, the Commanders versus. 
the Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to go with Seattle. I think they're inconsistent, though, just like the commanders are. But yeah. I, I trust Geno a little bit more than Sam Howell. Yeah, I do too. Yep. Okay, then we have the Jets versus the Raiders. The Raiders, big win against the Giants, but it's not that hard to beat them nowadays. Um, I think, honestly, I like, I like the Raiders in this game. I think Antonio Pierce having them play great, having them play great ball right now. I think that continues this week. Uh, that offensive line for the Jets is just pitiful. They're just bad. Yeah, after a really tough outing for the Jets, I, and with the Raiders now being motivated and now playing like they want to play the game and having rediscovering their passion for it, Raiders are going to win this game. Can you believe that this can you guys believe that this is the Sunday night football game? It's disrespectful. It's, it's been pretty awful. can I be honest? It's been pretty weak Sunday night. Yeah. The last For two like weeks it happened. Years. It's been really yeah. weak. And then you have the Denver Broncos going against the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Uh I'm gonna go with Buffalo. Uh I think that this is gonna be a get healthy game for Josh Allen. I think he's going to put up some points against this team. Uh, even though I will say I like the way that Russell Wilson has been playing, even if it doesn't necessarily translate to winning football games. I am going Buffalo in what is looking to be the most boring week in NFL history. I, I agree. I'm going to take yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, this is this podcast is the most interesting thing going on this entire week. So make sure to share this podcast with your friends. Uh, give us your thoughts, give us your opinions, but try and have a great time watching football this weekend. And we'll be back next week to cover uh, more NFL football. Congratulations again to the Texas Rangers for winning the World Series. Savage, thank you so much for joining us, Daniel. It's good to have you on. And until next time, God bless.